Solomon says, this too is meaningless. Solomon is not trying to rain on anybody's parade. He's not a pessimist, but he's being truthful. Pursuit for the meaning of life ends in stress. There is physical stress from all the overtime at the job to the chores around the home. People deny themselves the precious gift of rest. What's the meaning of all this? Now, couple that with the mental stress and the fatigue that people experience. Anxiety, worry, depression, feelings of worthlessness. And is it any wonder that millions spend sleepless nights in front of their TV? Perhaps you've been there. Again, what's the meaning of all this? The real issue is that people are looking for spiritual rest and meaning. They are looking for spiritual answers in the physical world. Every evening, people spend restless nights on the sofa or in the armchair watching the likes of Miss Cleo, dealing out her tarot cards and hoping to find meanings and answers. Solomon looked under the sun. That is to say that he looked here and there. He looked high and low. He examined wisdom, foolishness, pleasure, and accomplishments. He examined everything under the sun. His conclusion? He found it all lacking. And yet, life goes on. The real question then is to ask, how do we live it? God gives some answers through Solomon's pen. In this life, he says, the best a person can do is to eat and to drink and to find satisfaction in his work. Now, that seems like poor advice because Solomon demonstrated how meaningless work and toil is. Yet, Solomon adds the second and I think the most crucial part of his answer. He says this. He says that this is only possible from the hand of God. What's the meaning of all of this? God answers the question by revealing his grace. This is something in God's hand. As the psalmist said in Psalm 145, verse 16, he said these words, The Lord opens his hand and satisfies the desires of every living thing. In the Bible, God's hand symbolizes un limited power. And God uses the power to transform the meaningless into meaningful. You and I are led to see that true enjoyment rests not in our hands, but in God's hands. That applies to this life. Enjoyment in this life is a gift only God can grant. For you see, we are handcuffed by our own selfish ambitions. We are also shackled by our own sinful inability to meet those ambitions. And we are unable to find enjoyment on our own because we are weak, we are corrupt, we are sinful. And this inability meets our own demands and, and simply frustrates us. But God frees our hands from those shackles. He frees us by explaining the meaning of life to us. And the key to a true, meaningful, lasting life is only found in Jesus Christ. The meaning of this life is found in Christ's life. He gave up his life 
so that you and I might be free to enjoy ours right now and forever. Christ himself says in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says these words. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Our Savior has freed us from the desperate search for meaning. Now we have to answer this question. Can we stand before the cross of Christ and ask, what's the meaning of all this? I hope your answer is no, because the meaning is clear. Sins are obviously forgiven. God loves us as his own, and God means it. The cross proves it. There's the power of God's hand. And God's hands frees you and me to enjoy his blessings with both of our hands. And that means that you and I can enjoy this life. We can enjoy all those things that we have piled up in our garages and attics, not because we find the meaningful or meaning of life. We do so because we enjoy these things because we know they are rich blessings that come from the hand of of our creator the Redeemer, and the Sanctifier of our life, our gracious Savior God. What's the meaning of all this? I'm going way back to my grade school days. And I had a teacher who often said that whenever one of us, and I was there many, got in trouble, he would simply say, what's the meaning of this? And he would did it a lot louder than I did. I suppose there were times when he really had to wonder how we could be so foolish. Sometimes I think we wonder the same thing. We get frustrated with ourselves. We get frustrated with the world around us. And we probably even get frustrated with God. And still God comes and reveals the grace that flows from his hand. When we become frustrated and want answers... That's when our Savior comes and he opens his hands. When he does that, what do we see? We see the marks of the nail, those wounds of love, which our Savior gladly, gladly endured. And maybe then, suddenly, it all makes sense. Amen. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, forgive us for the times we get so frustrating, we ask what is the meaning of all this? And we forget that you've already answered that question. By your grace, by the power of your Holy Spirit, and by the life and the death of the resurrection of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Empower us never to ever forget that. In his name we pray, amen. Would you please now rise for the prayers of the church? One's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. For all who are deceived by the world's valuing property over people and power over service that God would open their eyes, that they serve him above all. Let us pray to the Lord.
for all who focus on themselves, trusting their own efforts rather than relying on the mercy and blessings of our Heavenly Father, that God would move them to loving service for the people around them. Let us pray to the Lord. For the church around the world, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, calling people to follow our Lord as pilgrims, treading toward the gracious and eternal promises of Christ, that God would protect and direct her. Let us pray to the Lord. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 2.18, I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun. For all who languish, working in joyless jobs, those who are underemployed or, or unemployed, and each person who awakens to another day of discomfort and pain, that God will provide strength, endurance, and solace to each and every one of them. Let us pray to the Lord. For all who call out to God for relief from illness and pain or difficulties and circumstances. Especially Jason, as he remains hospitalized, recovering from back surgery. And Haley, who is now home, recovering from knee surgery. And Bob and Lois' granddaughter, who is now home under hospice care. That God would hear their prayers and graciously answer them in his almighty wisdom and love. Let us pray to the Lord. For the leaders of the nations, that God would guide them to provide decent food, clothing, and shelter for their citizens and protection, both from enemies outside their borders and from lawlessness within. Let us pray to the Lord. For health care workers, first responders, and all who minister to people nearing the ends of this mortal life, that God would sustain them in their ministry and use them as his instruments for Jesus' sake. Let us pray to the Lord for ourselves, that we look beyond the grave in our daily living, anticipating our entry into heaven and living in the light of God's love. Let us pray to the Lord. In your hands, Heavenly Father, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake, he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and singing.
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, 